Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, of course, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And Tony, before we get to our guest, we have some amazing sponsors to thank. And then I did. I do want to tell a a little story. I don't know if I'll tell it before or after we go to our guest, but we'll figure that out. But we got to thank off the top John Mutton, the Muttonator, and his team at Municipal Solutions for all their support. They, of course, are the presenting sponsor for and another thing you can find out more at municipalsolutions.ca. And then I know that uh, you're able to share a little bit more on that. And then our other two amazing sponsors. I will do so. Thingalonians uh, continue to thank John Mutton and Municipal Solutions. They are good for development services and project management, of course, uh, development approvals, uh, permit expediting, uh, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services. If you've got a minor variance issue or a land severance issue, they're great for that. They're also great for building permits, a whole lot of other things that they do as well. So visit municipalsolutions.ca for that. And then we must thank Chris Moffat Arms and Polytrack. That's Polytrack with a Q, who offer GR Pros uh, as secure hub to store their advocacy data. And uh, that includes stakeholder contact details, engagement reports, key messages. Uh, it means advocacy data at your fingertips, which means less compliance and reporting time so you can grow your practice time. So visit polytrack.com and mention and another thing podcast. When you sign up, you would receive white glove onboarding services free, including tutorial and Q&A for your team. So all of you government relations pros out there, check out polytrack.com. And finally, Think Data Works. You can find them at thinkdataworks.com or Twitter at thinkdataworks, Instagram at thinkdatahumans. And this is a real important question right now. How confident are you in your organization's data governance? There's over $350 million in fines due to a lack of legal basis for data processing and security. That's the reality out there right now. So Think Data Works has your solutions. They have technology to help build collaborative and compliant data workflows uh, you get uh, be- faster times, you get better uh, insights, uh, you get an easier way to discover, govern, and modernize your data. It is a curated catalog of data, and that increases your business value. You get twice the business value when you curate your data. So save yourself from fines and use better data and increase consumer trust and increase your outcomes. Go to Think Data Works. Excellent. And if you want to find out more about being a part of this show or any of our sponsors, simply go to andanotherthingpodcast.ca and you can contact us. And I will say this, Tony, I don't know if you know this, but our latest stats show that businesses that are associated with our show, their revenues double each week. So I'm just putting that out there. I'm sure you are putting that out there. I'm sure you can find a way to to verify that. Uh, That's not verification is not important at this point. It's uh, it's just you know it's just something that people need to know. So let's. um, I have decided to save my story for the end of the show, or maybe maybe we will work it into our discussion with our guest. But I'll let you introduce our guest today. 
Well, it's my great honor uh, to welcome to And Another Thing podcast, the Honorable Vic Fideli. He is, of course, the member of provincial parliament for Nipissing, has been for, hey, I, it's like 10 years now. So congratulations and happy anniversary. He was the mayor of North Bay before that from 2003 to 2010. I knew him in that role when I was uh, in charge of Fednor for, for, the, for the government of Canada. And uh, as a cabinet minister, he was a, a great, uh, great guy to work with there. And of course, I was so delighted when he got elected to the Ontario legislature. He is, of course, Ontario's Minister of Economic Development, Job Creation and Trade, and also Chair of Cabinet. Let's welcome Vic Fideli. All right, Vic. Well, <laughs> here, here. Thank you very much, uh, Tony and Jody. Uh, I'm so excited to... Uh, you know, talk about another thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you got you got the hang of it already. I got, speaking of and another thing, uh, you're probably the, not at, uh, used to this question to start things off. But what's it like chairing cabinet? <laughs> well, I can tell you. Uh, I asked about uh, a statistic the other day, uh, and I was shocked. It just seemed we were meeting so often since COVID. Yesterday, uh, or recently, I should say. We had our 180th meeting since COVID began. And that basically means we're meeting every second day. And some of those, uh, Tony, you'll remember, are four, five, six, seven-hour meetings. Oh, yeah. We've wow. also We've also had 97 ca uh, Treasury Board meetings, of which I sit on Treasury Board, uh, since COVID began. And I have signed a little over 1,600 um, electronic documents. And I don't mean that I say to my staff, you can go ahead and sign that. I sign here with a pen and I watch the pen uh, sign the documents in wet ink on the other end, uh, the cabinet documents. So it's really, a, from a technical perspective, it's exciting. From this perspective, um, Minister John Yakabuski said to me, Fidelli, you've been sitting in that same seat for a year now because, you know, my backdrop doesn't change. It's my office at home. And uh, yeah, I guess that's probably why I put 12 pounds on in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was in the Ontario cabinet, uh, Bob Runciman was the chair of cabinet. Mad dog, we used to call him. So uh, uh, he would keep things under control. I'm sure you're doing the same thing. I got to ask, obviously, this has been last week was budget week uh, and uh, lots going on in terms of COVID relief, but also looking ahead to the future. What were the highlights for you? Uh, it really fell two ways. Uh, the, the first highlight, of course, is the fact that we are taking care of families. You know, when I heard Minister Bethlehem Falvey say, you know, if you've got a child from newborn to grade 12, you're going to get a $400 check in the mail. You know, they've already got two $200 checks and families really need that. So when I heard that, I thought, okay, we're really going to open this up to make sure that we're protecting families. And then the second side of more interest to me, because it's my nature and, and my life, uh, was the, the, the supports uh, for the business community. Uh, and so I was very, very pleased uh, it's the formal funding of Invest Ontario, which is our new agency, um, uh, OVEN, which is a uh, uh, Ontario vehicle program. So lots happening in the business community for the recovery and then uh, really reimagining re Ontario. So, you know, when I saw both were going to have the, the, the attention, I, I was really pleased with that. Tony. Vic, Vic, just interject quickly. It's Jody here. And you mentioned the family benefits, which I think is great. I have three kids. 
I don't know if this is inappropriate, but because you're so tight with the government and your role, can you just e-transfer me the money today and then just make a note that you don't have to do the deposit at a later time? Or Yep. Just spell your last name, you know, uh, Jody Jenkins, and, and I'll, I'll see that. Actually, all kidding aside, you know, we did the small business support grant, uh, which was amazing. Uh, any business that was uh, asked to shut down by the government or severely restrict like restaurants and um retail that had uh, curbside and delivery only. Um, we ha- you can get up to 10, between minimum of 10, maximum of 20,000. And I talked to my legion, just the, the, this just a few doors down from my house here in Corbeil, Ontario. And I said, guys, you know, you have a restaurant and a hall, you're allowed to qualify, you, you know, you qualify yeah. to apply. They applied at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday morning and at six minutes to seven on Thursday night, the next day, 36 hours later, he called me and he said, the money's in our bank account. Nice. Holy uh, shit. Because it was direct deposit. And, yeah. And it, it was just absolutely amazing. So, you know, that, you know, it's possible, Jody. I just need a little of your banking. Just give me your personal banking. Hey. And share it with everybody here. If, you're gonna, if you'll send the money, you can, I'll, I'll text you my banking info right now. <laughs> I think uh, we've had as a past guest on this uh, program, uh, Dan Kelly who's head of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. And uh, he's been, you know, he's been relatively outspoken on behalf of his membership. I, I totally get that in terms of the, the trouble that small businesses are having throughout the country, not just Ontario. And I know you're you're the Minister of Economic Development and Job Creation. So, you know, how uh, I, I've got a personal question for you, then we can take it to to the business part of it. But yeah. You know, you're a freedom lover, like I'm a freedom lover, like Jody's a freedom lover, and it must be really tough to do these lockdowns. And I, I know you, it's you know, you're relying on health advice and all that, but it, it, it really must be tough. I stood beside Premier Ford in Toronto last year when we had to do the first lock, lockdown. Now, I'm a lifelong entrepreneur, Premier Ford, lifelong entrepreneur. He said to me, oh, buddy, this this one kills me. Like of all the things we've had to do, this one kills me. And that first lockdown was tough, tough, tough. And then we saw, you know, better days in the summer. I started going back down. I would drive drive back down to Toronto and back from home. It's about a three and a half, four hour drive. I would do it Monday, Wednesday and Friday for the most part. I wouldn't stay in Toronto. Um, you wow. know, it, it was just, you know, my, my, my constituents in Northern Ontario wanted to make sure that I wasn't uh, being part of the problem. So I would drive down, uh, uh, you know, full protection, go with the premier, we tour a facility, uh, make an announcement about our Ontario Together Fund, where we had about $50 million in, uh, uh, in um, investments, uh, and then I would drive home. Uh, and and really seemed the numbers in September seemed to be good. And then, of course, late fall hit and those numbers went skyrocketing again. And, you know, it was, oh, buddy, you know, buddy, we're, we're you know, we're in trouble here. We're going to, you know, we're, we know what's coming from the chief medical officer of health. And, and that 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 one was really hard, uh, really, really hard to see uh, those businesses. And, and no matter what you can say to anybody, it's really hard to justify how come them and not me. It's always that. How come them, but not me? And so I know Dan Kelly, you know, he has a job to do to represent his members. And uh, from, from, from his members' point of view, he probably does a, a very uh, powerful job for them and the media. But from our perspective, we, we have a balance. 
we, we have to balance things. And that's all we could that's all we could offer the people that we're going to be as fair as we can with the circumstances that we're given. Vic, I, Tony, I got to jump in with yeah. this just because it's on topic. For sure. And again, I, I want to ask this question. I think I might know the answer, but I'll let you kind of take a stab at it with the modeling. And I'm not going to dismiss the science. I'm not going to dismiss the medical experts because I believe it. I'm not I'm that I'm not saying that I don't believe it at all. But the modeling side of things, do they go a little harder with the worst case scenarios? Because based on the modeling, the most recent one a couple of weeks ago, or I think it was late February, we were supposed to be in like four to 6,000 cases a day in Ontario. And yes, they are going up. And there's no question about variants of concerns. But how, how, why do they get to put out those types of numbers like that? So we get the modeling the same day the public does. Every second Wednesday, uh, a whole different group of doctors. Uh, it is the same one every week, but it's different doctors than a group of doctors than Dr. Williams, the chief medical officer of health. They present to cabinet and they present the modeling. So it's hard to dispute the numbers because it's science. Here is if you don't do anything, this is what will happen. So we do things that they tell us to do to stop that from happening. And so it doesn't happen. So it's always hard to say, you know, well, I said four to 6,000, but geez, we're, we're nowhere near that. Well, you know, the argument that it's almost impossible to prove, but the argument is, well, you didn't get there because you did what you were asked to do. You stopped this, you, you delayed that, you did not put this into effect, you moved these people into gray, you pulled the emergency break in this community. So, you know, Jody, it's really tough to prove that sort of the reverse negative if there's such a thing. Um, but that, you know, that's our job is to, is to keep people safe. We take the advice. We listen to the advice of the chief medical officer of health every Wednesday. And, and then we take a pause till Friday, uh, generally. And he comes back and says, all right, you know, since I presented to you the big picture on Wednesday, nothing's changed. Let's, let's, uh, my recommendation is that you, 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 uh, implement X, Y, Z, or something has changed. You can pull off here or you can get tougher here. So Vic, Vic, do you ever wish that the media would report in a way that was more optimistic, i.e. as opposed to Ontario back over 2000 cases for the first time since whenever, and instead maybe cases not growing as fast as expected, positive signs like that type of thing? Yeah, it will come to a point where where um, the the news needs to be uh, more reflective of the reality. Like here's an example: you would not have heard this on the news, um, but every uh, the first Friday of every month we get the job numbers. As of this morning, Jody, twenty seven thousand more men and women went to a job in manufacturing than did before COVID. Manufacturing is, is uh, just bursting. You know, we had 27,000 more people working in manufacturing than a year ago for heaven's wow. sake. That's a really great story to hear. And then you have to, you know, if you dared talk about that story, then you could really uh, probe a little deeper and say, well, why? Well, why is because of all the fundamentals that Premier Ford and our team put in place, reducing the cost of doing business in, in Ontario by $7 billion a year. And I could give you line by line what that means. I had I had dinner with the president of Toyota 
just before COVID uh, uh, struck. And he said to me, you know, Vic, you've been telling that story about saving all those billions. I finally sat down with my accounting people and said, show me what the hell Fidelity's talking about. And at dinner, he said to me, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, WSIB, you reduce that, those premiums without reducing the benefits. That, that's $2.2 billion a year. Wow. Yeah, a company like Toyota, that's, their share of that is big money. So those are the stories that, that are, are available to tell. But, you know, saying 2000, we hit 2000 for the second day in a row is a lot um, more clickable uh, and, 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 and uh, uh, of, uh, of, of what the Twitter sphere wants to hear yeah. than, my gosh, you've created 27,000 additional jobs. Never mind all the jobs that were lost in COVID that came back in manufacturing. Now we're above that. So the take us story. take us through, uh, Vic. Uh, take us through again, wearing your economic development and job creation hat. Take us through what you see, say, over the next twelve months. Uh, you know, vaccines finally get uh, delivered and distributed. Uh, we have a good summer, hopefully, in terms of numbers. And uh, uh, it, it, tell us how you see the economy bouncing back. Well. It's hard to talk about this because there are people um, who struggle every day and who have lost their jobs, and uh, we're doing everything we can to help them retrain, especially tourism and hospitality sector, right? First hit, hardest hit, going to be the last to recover. We've put a couple hundred million dollars into a retraining fund to take the people who are most affected and who may not get those jobs back to train them up in these fields, in the skilled trades where we have a huge demand for jobs. We're at the point already today where we can't fill the jobs in the skilled trades. PSWs, we are training thousands upon thousands. We're going to do 9,000 PSWs immediately and triple that uh, in the very near future. So, so we, there are jobs for, uh, there will be jobs uh, for uh, everybody who wants to work. That's how I feel. So it's really hard to talk about the, the sort of the roaring economy, but, but let's just take a look at the last pandemic of 100 years ago and the roaring 20s that came after. Again, it's, it's very hard to talk about that knowing that there are so many people who are still out of work. But, but I have to say, uh, um, there, there has been a, a tremendous um, uh, uh, amount. I think uh, Minister Christopher Freeland has spoken about it. People's bank accounts who are oh, yeah. working uh, are burgeoning. And yeah, well, well, when she power. talks about it, though, Vic, I'm always afraid she's going to raid my bank account. Well, so. Yeah, well, that's, she talks about it like, <laughs> like that, that. When she talks about it, there, there is that there, there is that tone of, of um, uh, they look at it as uh, th that could be their money. Yeah. Um, I, I look at it as that will be uh, either spending that will help our retail sector, our travel industry. Uh, there is going to be spending. Um, but I look at it from another side of it, that there will be huge opportunities for uh, investment in uh, with entrepreneurs, investment in companies, investment in growth. Uh, we have made all the conditions available in Ontario um, uh, so that to attract companies. So the pre Premier and I uh, sort of cut a ribbon uh, physically uh, in Toronto at a company called HCL, a tech company. Now, I met HCL along with Toronto Global in India 
uh, almost two years ago right. and began working with them, you know, doing, I, I, I said to the premier boy, you know, this was a lot of shoe leather and a lot of sweat equity that went into this one. And it, it, I'll give credit where credit's due. It was initiated by Toronto Global. There's no, no, no question about that. They did a great job. Um, but, you know, th this company is going to hire 2,000 people across Canada uh, started with their office in Toronto this week at 350 people, which will grow to a thousand people in that office. There are so those are the opportunities that are real. Why here? Because we've got trade deals, uh, as you well know, uh, Tony, uh, with 50 countries. You you want to do business? You open in Ontario, and you've got NAFTA 2.0. You've got trade deals around the world. We've got open immigration. We've got training development. We train. We graduate 50. Thousand STEM uh, uh, student STEM grads a year out of our forty-four institutions. Man, you you know we, we are we've unleashed Ontario. That's what we've done. We we are in the process of unleashing Ontario uh, on the world, and 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 people are our are, are companies are are, are uh, taking us up on that. Vic, you're a passionate uh, guy. I can I've always known you to be that, and uh, I always enjoyed working with you when I was. Uh, a federal cabinet minister, particularly in charge of uh, FedNor. Um, but, uh, and you've seen it all, uh, you know, in your municipal career, your business career, uh, now, um, now provincially. What advice would you give to your younger self? Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> one of my staff, I remember, Tony, and you know this person, by the way, oh, uh, uh, one of my former staffer. He said to me one day, you know, there's this thing called Bitcoin. Like, I think I'm going to buy some. I said, how much is it? A, a, a share. I, you know, I didn't know what it was. And he yeah. said, it's $6. Do you think we should buy any? And I said, I'm not buying any of that. And he bought it at $6. So, yeah. So that's yeah. what I would say to my younger self. Yeah. Okay. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would also say, um, you know, continue to listen to the people. Listen to the young people. Uh, I, I, I look back now in my time as mayor, and we had a lot of government uh, uh, people, provincial and federal, come through our office, and they had all these young staffers with them. And boy, uh, I, I you know I work with them all now, uh, the, the young staffers. I, I still don't remember every one of them. They say, "Oh, I met you when you were mayor. I came up with Minister XX, you know XYZ." Um, I would say pay attention to them. They had a lot of great ideas, those young men and women. And, you know, uh, uh, I, I won't say I dismissed them, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, I probably should have spent more time getting to know them and understanding them because they are they are uh, the leaders today. Some are MPPs today, some are MPs today, and some are chiefs of staff, some are senior government uh, uh, bureaucrats today. Man, the, 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 they, had, they had great ideas and... Uh, probably should have spent a lot more time picking their brain and just hearing some ideas from them. I probably could have been miles ahead. But, you know, and this is something that uh, certainly uh, I experienced too, uh, having some amazing staff who went on to do some uh, amazing, truly amazing things, both in politics but, and also in business. One of my staff members when I was at Treasury Board has a, you know, a uh, $40 million company now. And, uh, and it's just so exciting to see these young people, uh, women and men who, who uh, keep growing and keep adding to uh, not only their, their own lives, but to the lives of those around them. So it's one of the joys you get, because uh, I'm post politics now, when you see 
these people advancing and, and you think, well, you know, I was part of their story and uh, that, that never goes away. I've, I've hired a few of your former staffers who are <laughs> That's the best right. people you, you, that you are the, obviously their best training ground. You were their best mentor because uh, they are spectacular people, bright, bright, bright men and women. And they work darn hard. Uh, one final question from my end, uh, then we'll let Jody uh, uh, have one as well, if he if he would like. But uh, uh, you know, personal heroes. I do the, ask this of of some of our guests uh, when you you know when you look at your political heroes, let's say, or people who uh, inspire you. Who who would you put on that list? Well, it's interesting. I'm in my office in Corbeil. I'm just going to turn around and look at my library. I have a library of business biographies. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, and and one one weekend, Tony, to stretch my uh, to give my brain a, a, a rest, and, and I alphabetized them. If you could imagine, if you could see the what's standing behind me, it's absolutely amazing. They're now alphabetized, and so when I see some of these. Uh, names um, on these business biographies. Some are companies that have long gone, uh, and, and others that are um, uh, that are still here that have gone on to become titans. I think of uh, Carnegie. Um, we had in North Bay when I was mayor a Carnegie Library. That's I think uh, uh, hugely inspirational. Always controversial how some of these barons of industry made their money. Of course, you can always rethink how things were done a hundred years ago. But I, I, I would think that um, you know I, I look at uh, I, I look at a, of course I'm a, as I say a lifelong entrepreneur. I look at a Warren Buffett who right. uh, has calmly and quietly made one of the largest fortunes in the world and plans to give it all away. Um, and and there's nothing boastful uh, about him. He, he is just a, a quiet thinker. And, and then I look at others that I see here, Arm and Hammer, you know, who built this industry, but pounded on tables. And, and, and so, you know, I, I think as I look through that from A to Z, that I, I would uh, hope that uh, I followed uh, the, the good advice um, and, and, and took and, and took the lessons from from those that you know giving is as good as getting and sometimes a hell of a lot more rewarding small side note uh jody before you jump in but i i vic i actually met warren buffett once oh beautiful yeah it was uh, he was at a bar in washington dc and i and i i sort of walked in there and i saw him and i just went right up to him introduced myself hi i'm a canadian politician and uh, we had a little bit of a chit chat. So that's a, it was a, nice, a nice thing to do. And he was, as you would expect, completely unassuming. So yes, uh, great, absolutely. great guy. Tony, Tony, hold on. That was Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> he, had a parrot on, he had a parrot on his shoulder, I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, final question here. Uh, we did get a question submitted from one of your colleagues, Vic. Uh, another, another MPP in the house wanted me to ask this, and then I'll see if you can guess who it was. But they wanted me to ask, who do you think in the house would make the best meal? Who's the best cook? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Good question. About that. Who would make the best meal? Man, oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I would say I'm stumped. Look, uh, 
Uh, I eat a power bar every day for lunch. So, and I, and <laughs> I, I do, I'm dead serious. And a piece of toast for breakfast and it's catches what can, you know, for dinner when I'm in Toronto. So I never even think of these people cooking. Who would have the best meal? Was that, was that Pacini, Jody? Yes, David Pacini <laughs> thinks he's the best cook. So he asked that question, yes. You knew that, Tony. Yeah. You, just, you, you knew that. I nailed it. <laughs> I would have thought, you see, I would go to Lori Scott's house any day for a meal, and I'll tell you why, because she has Dairy ice cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what we have for dinner, but she's got ice cream. She brings it to cabinet when we were meeting pers- you know, personally. Now, digitally, ice cream, digital ice cream is no good. I can no, tell no, you that right same. now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Vic, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate it, and uh, you're welcome back on the show and whenever you want. So we uh, we loved having you. And, great to uh, chat. We, yeah, it was great. Well, I will have full confession, full disclosure here. Tony Clement came up and knocked on doors for me one day, and I'm thinking, who the hang is this guy? What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he came up here, but why would he come up here and knock on my doors? And and then I that was a really valuable lesson to me um, yeah. because it taught me that uh, you know when you have conservative values and you see conservative values in other people, you go and you help them. And so I have taken that, Tony. I have knocked on doors for people. Uh, you know, I went to Ross Romano and spent a week in the Sioux. I went down to yep. you know, to um, uh, Bart Mabes when he was running again and knocked on doors. At, uh, and we went and did pressers at gas stations. And, you know, uh, um, Raymond Cho, I never met Raymond in my life, went and spent a week knocking on doors for him when he, when he went, ran. It's ran the in. best political education you can ever have, knocking and on Tony doors. Tony Clement taught me that. Well, there you go. I'm I'm pleased I taught somebody something. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right, Vic. Take care. Thanks, guys. Excellent conversation with Vic. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great conversationalist, and uh, he's got a few stories here and there. So I was glad he could make the time for us, and we wish him well. But Jody, I do want to make sure our listeners have a chance to hear from you because you've been having this Twitter feud with. Member of Parliament Mark Gerritsen of, of Kingston. How's how's that going? <laughs> well, he uh, he had posted something uh, a little while ago about Michelle Rempel, and then I didn't know what the story was all about, so I went and watched a video, and he stood up uh, in Parliament, I guess, and gave this big monologue about how Michelle had blocked him, and oh, the insanity, and you know, it's just like woe is me. Yes. I think he was I think he was laying it on a little thick, because full disclosure, I know Mark from our Kingston days working in an area of town called The Hub, which was a series of nightclubs, uh, AJs, hangars, stages. Uh, They were right across the road from each other. So both Mark and I worked in those uh, places. So I know Mark a little uh, from a different time. Um, I've tried to invite him on the show a couple of times, but he's a smart boy. He he doesn't come on. He he won't come on. Uh, But I would never give him too much of a hard time. But yeah, so I tweeted out, a bunch of stuff about quitting, quit your whining, Mark. Like, you you know, like, and I think he's blocked people too. And can, like, Kinsella, a former guest of ours, Warren Kinsella, got into the act with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinsella called him out. And then I, I responded with uh, both of my email accounts because I used my personal one. And I wrote to, I wrote to Warren when he wrote that. I said, blocked. And then I got on the end another thing and I wrote, blocked again. <laughs> so, oh, but yeah, boy. Mark is, uh, I don't know what Mark's. I mean, Mark's not a bad guy, actually. I no, just think he's got to develop the thick skin. Come on, you're involved. yeah. He's putting he's putting on this little. It's almost like uh, a gimmick, a persona he's putting on. Because I'm watching him do that speech yeah. in the house, and I'm like, come on, 
they give you a break. So, but Mark, you're always you're always welcome on the show. If you're listening welcome. to this, right now. Uh, always welcome, Mark. So yeah, so that's uh, that's the excitement. But other than that, I haven't really started too many Twitter feuds. You know, I'm just trying to put our show over with as many people as I can. So. And we're doing well with that. And we want to thank our sponsors again: Municipal Solutions. .ca, polytrack.com, and thinkdataworks.com. You can also find them. Uh, the links to their uh, websites are also found in the description uh, wherever you download our product. So uh, thanks again for our sponsors. They do a great job for us. Yeah, they do amazing. So anyway, we'll be back in seven days with more fun and frivolity. So yes, enjoy the rest of your week, Tony. You betcha.